You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Punch it! Alan Seiler. Make it so. Veronica Daschle. Hi. And Keith, do you want to introduce who you brought with you today? This is my wife, Phyllis, who is a long-suffering wife of a Star Trek fan, although... <laughs> Although she grew up with six brothers, so literally there's nothing I do watch or love that's new to her, whether it's comic book, cartoons, video <laughs> games, Star Trek, or anything. So she knows the she knows the world. Nothing is new to her. And my mom was a Trekkie, which is which she was before her time, but so that's interesting. But yeah. Well, welcome just to the show. In the background in my house. Thank there you, you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to have you on. It's good for someone Veronica to have someone to commiserate with because she also has to live with a Trekkie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Alan, do we have some news this week? Well, I mean, not really. <laughs> it was a it was a pretty slow week this week. Not much really happened, except maybe mm. like, oh, I don't know, the announcement that the entire next generation main cast is going to be in uh, Picard season three. Yeah, pretty Very exciting. Oh, pretty, oh. Almost the entire main cast. <laughs> well, pretty much out. the main cast, the, right. the seven-year main cast. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Who was left out, Charles? You said almost. Well, Wesley. Wesley Crusher. I did not even pick that up. Yeah. Okay. Here's my prediction, though. Since he was not on the seven years, since he wasn't the like main, you know, like main bridge kind of cast, I bet you. He's making an appearance next year. They're just keeping it under wraps. It's going to be some like, you know, because he is more than human now. He's a watcher or what are they? What do they call those things? A traveler. A traveler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a traveler now. So I'll bet you he's making an appearance. I, I'll lay money down on it right now. When did he become a traveler? Um, next gen. Yeah. <laughs> the very last season. You can't see my look, but yeah. it's very. Yeah, it wasn't it that episode with the um, Journey's End? Yeah. 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 Veronica, it was the one where the um, indigenous peoples had found the planet in what was now the Cardassian space. And Picard was ordered to basically root them, uproot them and move them. And Wesley showed up and he was a real jerk and he was pissed off and he was rude to everybody. And he almost ruined the mission. And then he decided he wanted to quit Starfleet. And one of the guys turned out to be the Traveler. And they got on a transporter pad and disappeared. <laughs> Basically, a lot happened in that one yeah. episode. Yeah. He got put through the ringer. Anyway. I'm, I'm hoping you're right and he does show up. Otherwise, oh, he, I'm, just, he has to interview them all about what it's like to be back on Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which he says he's looking forward to. And yep. he says, you know, I'm, I'm sad that I'm not part of the thing, but I'm really excited for all my friends to, you know, I, I, I just feel like that's a cover up. Mm. I feel like he is a is a cameo that's being kept under wraps i'll bet you money that denise crosby will be making an appearance in some way uh, a, not a, not a big role but a cameo mm-hmm. i'll just bet you in some fashion they'll have her on maybe even diana Maldor. you never know maybe maybe michelle mm-hmm. forbes not stretching it 
You think so? <laughs> you think Diane Maldar is more likely than Michelle Forbes? She was yeah. main cast for a season. Yeah. That's how long Diane Maldar was on main cast? That's well, what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Oh well, she was main cast okay. for a season. Okay. Well, Michelle, Michelle Forbes, Forbes wasn't. has such a Michelle Forbes has such a don't look behind her kind of thing. I wonder if she'd come back. I'd yeah. love to see her back. Gosh, I'd love to see her back. Yeah. yeah, she was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she'd be great. I'd love to see her. I I like I if they get a mission handed out, I would just like to see Adam Nechev come back and hand out the mission. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. Um, so Terry Metalis, uh, somebody, there's a big article where it's got like lots of like tweets and his responses to people's questions and stuff. And mm-hmm. somebody asked him, what would you do if you were given free reign to do whatever you wanted to do with a Star Trek show? And he's, his response was watch Picard season three. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. They know, they know how to get people excited. That's for sure. The big, and I mentioned this on our Facebook page, the the big thing that I'm really kind of curious about is who is Brent Spiner going to be playing? Because they had every character voice say a little line in that trailer, and that definitely was not a data voice. Mm -mm. So is he playing the soon that we're seeing this season in, uh, you know, Picard, and he's going to like hitch a ride with them at the end of the season and he'll be with them. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be that, interesting, though. It, will it be yet another soon? Maybe. maybe. Holy oh, cow. How many are there? It could be that season one soon again. That's true. We, yeah. Alan, we talked about the Soons last week, and there was a thing about, is every person in the Soon family a mad scientist going back like centuries? Because it seems like that's all they yes. do. And they all do well, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And they're not only mad scientists, but they all are identical. <laughs> it's a little ridiculous. Hey, that one has a beard. Let's be I fair. <laughs> <laughs> just he just wanted to set himself apart from all those other things <laughs> yeah holy cow but yeah so what did you think of the trailer i'm excited did it give you goosebumps well yeah of course it's you know you you, you get to hear i like i heard wharf in there which right. is the really ex- i mean i love all of them but i'm i i'm particularly fond of wharf yeah and, and especially because i watched wharf on tv almost every year from the time i was six years old until i was like right 18 you know what i mean <laughs> right between ds9 and next gen so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty exciting to i want to see what Worf's up to you know right right yeah um, really cool story Worf could yeah the interesting thing was i remember the evolution of Worf. remember he looked a lot different initially oh, yeah. and then often him over right. the years and he became extremely likable with a much deeper storyline so mm-hmm. right and he stopped Absolutely. getting beat up so much when he went to DS9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Charles, Charles, you said how long you've been watching Worf. I've been watching longer than that. I watched him when he was on ships. <laughs> but he wasn't Worf. He said he was watching <laughs> yeah. Worf that whole time, not Michael Dorn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to go that far, then come on. Um, I'm really curious to know how much they're... Go- okay, because like I kind of like quippingly said on Facebook... Um, you know, the first season of Picard, it took them half the damn season to get that <laughs> crew together in one place. So, you know, it's not necessarily going to be them all together for the whole season. It's going to mm-hmm. take them half a season to yeah. get the crew together. But I think once they're together, I'm really interested to know, like, what they're going to do with all these characters. And I really want them to have something interesting for Troy to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. give her something of significance. Don't yeah. just make her there to wear the pretty dress and 
you know, and to say, oh, Captain, I I, I sense duplicity or some, <laughs> you know, give her something to do. Yeah. And I don't think they would have got her back if there was. I mean, because look at her appearance in season one. That was a good role. That was a good oh, yeah. meaty role. And I think that that's the kind of thing that gets her to do. I mean, I mean, she would walk back on the Star Trek any second because she loved that show and hated leaving it. So, mm. you know, they could they could give her like have a hamburger and, you know, she'll do that because <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> OK, <laughs> it's a hamburger with chocolate on it. That's rabbit or rabbit hamburger, poison right. rabbit hamburger. Right. Yeah. OK. Well, yeah, but that's that's a good point, because one of the things I thought about back in the day was her mother was more in the lady who played her mother. Her character was more interesting than um, Troy's. Mm, and so mm. to your point, she has so much potential, but they just didn't they just dressed up and made her pretty. And it's like there was so much more to her. And that actress is so awesome. So you'd like to mm-hmm. see her do a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a good actress. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing all of them. I mean, oh, God, yeah, I, I, I want to I want to see what they're all up to. So it's, it, it's exciting. And it certainly what's the, what's the appetite for season three. Yeah. The first voice you hear in it is is Jordy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I bet that means they're all coming back. <laughs> yeah. And the first thought is like, these, these are not old clips. These are this is right. new dialogue. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good one. Speaking of trailers, we got a, a, a new trailer for Strange New Worlds. Mm. And holy cow, I am really jazzed about that show, even more now than I was before. Yeah, I, 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 no, I think it looks exciting. It looks like fun. I mean, it's, my only reservation is I was hoping they wouldn't dwell on the Pike fate thing, but it looks like they're going yeah. to. So yeah. we'll see how that plays out. I would eh, that isn't my preference, but you know. well, but y- you don't know how much it's actually going to be dwelled True. upon in the show. And if you see something like that, how can you not dwell on it? I know. How can it not like shape everything that you do from that point? Oh, I agree with you. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it looked interesting. Um, I was glad to see his second in command. They're going to flesh out that character a lot more. Um, yeah. I remember watching the, you know, like that's when they introduced the people with the head and all that. So that's what, <laughs> that was what I remember so, about yeah. that. And yeah, and the actor with the, you know, bright eyes and everything and what happened with that. But that was a good like introductory show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But watching the trailers look really cool. It's nice to see that they're uh, introducing, you know, some new characters, but then they're bringing back people like Ahura and Spock and. And actually, they brought in Mabinga. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't know a whole lot about him. I didn't get. He showed up in two episodes of Star Trek. Um, he's a Vulcan expert. Okay. And I was surprised he was going to be at it. I've heard a lot of people online, and Phyllis mentioned it too. Uh, Phyllis kind of goes, that's Nurse Chapel. A lot of people are saying <laughs> she's so desperate from Nurse Chapel. But in yeah, some yeah. ways, when you portray women from that time and this time, they're going to be different, I think. Absolutely. Yes. Because yeah, they're going to be much more richer. And to Alan's point earlier, like I think in general, the women are richer. Um, and they have a much media, they have much media roles, right? And it's yeah. just where we progressed as a society, I think. Yeah, but you can't have a who are saying, I'm in love with you, Mr. Spock. I'm in love with you, Mr. Spock. I mean, you can't okay. do that. You gotta have sure. But, but you can give those people meaty roles and, you know, and significant parts of the storyline and not like give them a completely different personality. Yeah. <laughs> right. Some people think she's too something. She's oh. too something. <laughs> She's too yeah. everything. Yeah, when we were watching it, my first thing I said to Veronica was, well, she's a different character. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. But that, yeah. that, but you know, that that's fine because I I mean, 
Well, like Phil said, you can't do Nurse Chapel the way she was on the original series now. No. She would just be mooning over Spock and handing a scalpel to McCoy, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing new dimensions of, of mm-hmm. her particularly, but all of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we talked about this last week as well. And, and Charles mentioned something that I'm always, I'm not one of those people who's a stickler for you must 100% askew to, uh, cue to um, continuity, mm-hmm. but I am... I personally did not like and will never like the reveal to Pike of his fate that they did in Discovery. I'm one of those people, sometimes I feel that they try to, that people sometimes try to connect things too much. I don't need Pike Mm -hmm. to know what his fate is in a wheelchair, but I've been looking online and most people support it because they say, well, now it just shows that his journey is going to be more heroic because Mm -hmm. like you were saying, Alan, you function, even though you're knowing you got this horrible fate coming towards you. I don't like it, but We'll see how it goes. And I am, I think the biggest thing is I'm still trying to figure out how this lady is is a, is a Noonien Singh. <laughs> I just don't know what's going to go on with that. So I, I just don't know because we're not supposed to know anything about Khan until Kirk comes into command. But she, her name is Noonien Singh. But I didn't even think the you, name was mentioned. They, so does, they've does got she, it worked out. Don't worry about all that. Yeah, I got <laughs> don't all worry that. your pretty little head about any of that because <laughs> they've got it all figured out. Yeah. I don't know why I just went into a Southern Bell for some. I, I do declare. <laughs> if they don't get that character right, I'll just have the vapors. I'm real skeptical. I'm really skeptical about that. Um, I tell you who I did like is I and I, I blanked the name. I should know the Enar. We talked about this last week. Enar. Enar. The Andorian. The Enar. <laughs> Enar. Uh, he was the blind guy. Mm-hmm. He is cool. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I kind of like this. I like I him a lot. Yeah, I like him. I like that thing. Again, we talked again last week where he did the thing where he just puts his hand up and somebody throws something, he catches it. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to see him. And uh, also the navigator or the helmsman. Yeah. Um, was yep. pretty cool. Too. All right. Right on. Well, Keith, do we have any This Week in Trek this week? Yeah, just a couple of things because we were we were, um, we had so much to talk about and we got to talk about Picard and so forth. But one thing I had to mention, there's just literally no other way to say it. Oh, first off, happy birthday, Veronica. Thanks. Yay, happy birthday. <laughs> I had Mickey Dolan sing happy birthday to me, sort of. And, so, and an entire of. audience. I sing, yeah. I sing, yeah. I, if I could sing, I, we'd sing for you, but I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> I can what sing for me. What's your birthday, Veronica? First contact day. Yep, April fifth. That's the thing. April fifth, two thousand and sixty-three is when the Vulcans will show up. And what I just like on the name of the city. What's the name of the city? I will be Bozeman, seventy-eight. Montana. Bozeman, Montana. You'll be what? I'll be seventy-eight. Wow, that's kind of cool. She'll be one hundred and twelve. <laughs> Yeah, I would be 99. Oh, wow. That's depressing. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, so until 2063 is first contact day. And depending on what version you look at, we will greet the Vulcans or we will right. slaughter them and steal their technology. Right. For the empire. <laughs> right on, baby. I, I feel like we're still leaning towards the bad yeah, future. I agree. Yep. I agree. And one more or two more I had to mention. 1967, 6th of April. Just about every fan's uh, pick for the, probably the best Star Trek episode of all time. And again, I'm not going to do voices or anything today, but that was the debut of Sid, The City on the Edge of Forever. Classic. And Well, that ties in nicely to our yeah. topic. Exactly. Time <laughs> <laughs> <What a> segue. <laughs> yeah, just, just, a great, just a great episode. And it's so funny, too, 
you know, to his dying breath, Harlan Ellison was all about they they ruined it. And everybody knows the story about it because that I, I've read the original story and I also looked at the original pitch. And my gosh, the original story was bad enough for that time because the the person was not supposed to be McCoy who accidentally injected himself with um, the medicine. It was a drug addict on the ship. And if you look at the original plot lines, there was somebody was selling drugs, and then there was a whole <laughs> plot line. Seriously, and then there was a no whole plot line. No wonder it changed. Yeah. Oh. Wait, and then on that top of that, there were drug addicts. And there were drug addicts and drug dealers. There, there was also a storyline in the first script drafts. They were going to bring in a pirate storyline. Mm-hmm. So the Enterprise is going to get into battle with space pirates. Yeah. How they're going to do all that and go through the Guardian and go back to the and meet uh, Joan Collins, Edith Keeler. I have no idea how that would have got pulled off. There's a really great graphic novel adaptation, though, of Harlan Ellison's original script. And then uh-huh. they, did a, a, they did it as a graphic novel. They also did it as an audio drama. So um, if anyone's interested in those, check those out, because it's a, it's a pretty interesting take on. Uh, I mean, it's the original take on, you know, City on the Edge of Forever. <laughs> Okay, uh, last one I want to mention is I thought it was important to mention was on the 7th of April, 1942. That was the birth date of Gabrielle Beaumont. Okay. I hope I pronounced her name correctly. Yes. She was a director of many episodes of Star Trek, has the distinction of being the first woman to direct episodes of Star Trek and the first woman to direct many episodes of Star Trek. And really quickly, the some of the episodes, I looked at her list of the, the Trek episodes she directed and almost all of them my favorites, Booby Trap. Which is the one? Well, it's a weird one. It's got that creep factor where Jordy creates the Leah Brahms um, hologram. <laughs> but if you can leave that out, that's a really great episode. <laughs> the High Ground, which is the one that's pretty much the IRA yeah. story. We just watched okay. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Suddenly Human. Um, she also did. Um, oh, DS9 in Purgatory Shadow. Yeah. And. Voyager, another really good and a fan favorite, Blink of an Eye. The one with the Enterprise, oh. uh, the Voyager orbits the planet where time is traveling fast and they're causing yeah. quakes. So yeah. she's directed. Awesome yeah, I looked at her, 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 um, the legacy of what she directed. She didn't direct a bad episode of Star Trek. So I just wanted to mention that. And that's This Week in Trek. Awesome. We'll take a quick break to promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we come back, we'll get into our discussion topic. So stay right there. At the 42Cast, we want to bring you everything, and that's why we've jam-packed the next few months with as much as we can. You not only get the same reviews, topics, and interviews that you did before, you also get screen reads where we compare a movie to its source material, or role models where we talk about tabletop gaming. It's never been a more exciting time to check out our show. It's your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything, so why not check it out? We can be found on most podcasting platforms, and we are a proud member of the ESO Network. Okay, so this week we were talking about, thinking about a topic we wanted to mention uh, to discuss for Star Trek. And then I thought, well, since Picard's doing his thing with the time travel and so forth, and... Star Trek does a lot of time travel stories. We thought we'd talk about time travel. And actually, one of the things I thought about this time was not so much, oh, it's really cool they go back in time. Because with Picard, you can see they're really trying to they're trying to do some emotional stuff. You're like, they've already gone back and they're talking about immigration. And they're talking about uh, um, a fascist world that comes if they don't 
get the timeline back. And so I even thought about what are some of the Star Trek episodes that don't have great time travel stories, don't just have great time travel stories, but kind of emotionally resonant time travel stories. Probably the best example would be The City on the Edge of Forever. Sure. And so we just want to talk about that and what are some of our favorite Star Trek time travel stories in um, series or in the movies. I just thought of one and I forgot what it's called. And it's it's the DS9 one. Past tense? Yes. No. No. Oh, Far Beyond <laughs> Stars? No. The Visitor? It's the this one on with... with, with um, <laughs> what happens in it? It's, it's the one where... It, they all get like thrown back into uh like 2024. That's past tense. That's past, past tense. tense. <laughs> That's past tense. Yes. Yes. Was, for some reason, I was thinking that was the one where oh, old with old Jake Cisco. No. No. That's the, and that's our show, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I remembered that one because that was pretty important, especially with what's going on. What about that? Do you like Veronica? I I I, I like that they were like predicting the future of America <laughs> and it's actually coming, coming true um, in uh, roughly around the year they expected <laughs> it, it. It it was, it was a very interesting thing. And it was like, they were, it wasn't even really a, like they changed time, but like it was supposed to happen. Like they were supposed to be there. It wasn't like an accidental time travel. It seemed like it was, they were, meant to be there is why I enjoyed that one. And as far yeah. as near future stories goes, I think past tense holds up really well. I mean, yeah. the, the technology obviously looks dated now because they were making it in the early nineties, but right. it, it still feels like something that could happen with the mm -hmm. sanctuary districts. And I mean, cause really what it's about is, you know, less fortunate people being taken advantage of and being herded away, yep. you know? And unfortunately that's something that just always feels like it's right around the corner. Yep. Especially with the housing market. <laughs> True. And also, I was thinking about that, and I think that's a great pick about the social implication, because even outside of what happens to be internally, we have this problem in the world for various reasons, um, um, where we have immigration. And uh, the United States gets hit, of course, with immigration from Mexico. But if you look at Europe, you've had multiple waves of immigration from Africa and the Middle East mm -hmm. and the problems it's caused and how people have been treated. And now you have this unfortunate mass immigration or migration because of what's going on in Ukraine. And you see what some of the people from the Sudan and so forth, if you go online right now, you see those, um, those, um, those tent cities that mm -hmm. people have been living in now, literally sometimes up to 10 years, families mm. have been living in tent cities wow. and they're, they're never, they're not officially accepted into the country they're trying to live in. And then of course, cause they're a different color or a different religion mm -hmm. or ethnicity, they're not respected. And then they're poor. And so you're right. I think that that, that episode um, does track it as best which is tell us to look at ourselves and look at what we could become, look what we can become. I love that episode. One of the things I really do love, which it is still kind of funny, is the references later on where like um, Nod goes, he's talking yes. about Albert Bell. Yeah. Oh, that's another great time travel episode. Yeah, and then he goes, it looked like Captain Cisco," And I just love the fact that the picture changed in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Veronica actually chose mine, so, or one oh. that I had. No, so. well, that wasn't the one I chose. <laughs> I actually picked the Voyager one. Was my first thought was was relativity. I didn't. I know the name of the episode now because I I watched it and Chuck told me what it is. But I was like, this one where seven of nine goes back, and and then dies, and but she didn't die, and um, yeah, and it was the guy that was in charge of that mission that actually did it, and so they captured him, and then they had to capture him again. Yeah, 
So that was my that was my my actual pick. Okay. Relativity. Any more? <laughs> How about you or Alan no. go, Charles? All right. <laughs> I went with just a classic. It's um tomorrow is yesterday, which is the first time that the Enterprise crew traveled back into the present day. And I just I love that that imagery of the of the USS Enterprise just in the sky. And mm-hmm. you know the, the the pilot approaching it. It's a, it's a UFO, and he's describing the UFO, and it's and it's the Enterprise. Yeah, and then, you know, getting captured by the Air Force and having to, for one, they've got to go you know get the evidence back, and so they have to infiltrate the Air Force base, and then just a, a, a just a fun scene of Kirk being captured and interrogated, and <laughs> it's just a fun episode, and it's just, it really it's, is. And I, it's a great it's a great juxtaposition of the Star Trek future. And our present day future. I think it's also really cleverly written too, because mm-hmm. it, it's all about the ramifications of affecting something that's established history. So they they say, we have to keep this dude with us because if he goes back and tells them all the stuff he's seen, that's going to change the way that history unfolds. Mm-hmm. And they're all ready to do that. And he, you know, is against it, but they're like, we have to do it. And then they're like, wait a minute, if we keep him here, he doesn't have his son who is going to be an important person in the space program and blah, blah, blah. And so not returning him is the thing that would have destroyed this timeline, not keeping him. Wait, I'm getting myself confused now, (laughs) but I think that's so really, really well done. Yeah. And I think, and Captain Christopher is sort of offended that he makes no significant contributions to history. Right. (laughs) But, and I love that, you know, he's, He's his duty is to escape and report. And he even asked Kirk at one point, well, what would you do if you were me? And Kirk said, yeah, I'd report. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. One that I do like a great deal. And I, I watch this all the time. And it's, it's another one. It's like, it's so, it's so easy, but it's um, yesterday's enterprise. Yeah. And that of course is the one where the, Enterprise and Cloud encounters an anomaly in space and Picard is looking and all of a sudden you see a, a vortex and then all of a sudden things change and the Enterprise has changed. Guyan is freaked out and it turns out, long story short, that because time had changed, the Enterprise C had been in a battle trying to defend a Klingon outpost from a Roman attack, but the energies exchanged in the battle caused the Enterprise C to come 20 years into the future. Mm-hmm. And they never, it turns out no matter what was happening, they were outnumbered, they were going to be destroyed. But had they stayed, they would have destroyed and it would have been a noble sacrifice. And the Federation of the Klingon Empire were just in the middle of negotiations. Because they disappeared, the Federation of the Klingon Empire ended up in 22 years of war. And what I love about that episode, outside of just some of the emotional stuff, is I love some of the reality they brought to it. Because one of the things you always talk about in Star Trek, there's some things you just have to accept. And one thing that I just have a hard time is, I don't care how good the Federation is, the Federation could not survive in a detente with the Klingon Empire and the Romulan Empire, where they have cloaking devices and the Federation doesn't. It's just not possible. They wouldn't survive. And I love in that episode when Picard is telling the Captain Garrett that the Federation is getting ready to surrender to the Klingon Empire. And that's a really wild and scary thing if you think about that. And that he said that we can't win this war. And I think that would make sense if you fight a if you fight somebody who has cloaking devices, then you fight the Klingons who are warriors. I love that part. And then one of my favorites is the line when 
And Guinan, who has that sense, and, and we and, and Alan, we talked a whole lot about Guinan's sense and lack of sense of time continuity last week <laughs> from that episode, because Guinan didn't know it, but she knew that something she she wasn't sure, but she knew the timeline was out. I love the conversation between her and Picard. You know, it's got the famous line where he said, she says, you basically have to trust me and the famous, not good enough, not good enough, damn it. And he does that line. And one of the things I like about the reality of it is when Picard um, says if she sent, if he sends a ship back, they'll die. And then Guinan says, 40 billion people have already died. Mm. Every time I watch that episode, that just gets me. 40 billion. That's the population of five of the planet Earth's. That's just amazing. I love that storyline because it's kind of one of those you can see what really would have happened, but you play with it because it's time travel, and then you get to undo it. Um, I love it. I think it was the I think it was one of the best callbacks, returns of a character with Tasha Yar. Absolutely, because it's so hard to bring somebody back, and I I just love everything about that. Yeah. We watched it all the time. That's a good episode. It really is, and it's a really great, clever twist on the time yeah. travel story. I mean, yes. it's, it's and time travel stories. You you get the ones that are cookie cutter. You always get the Groundhog Day episode, or you always get the fish out of water episode but it, it's I, occasionally you'll get just a really clever version of that and uh, yesterday's enterprise is just that i mean it's a time travel story that i've never seen done in quite that way before are you i don't even think since you know absolutely how about who's next back to you veronica well is there a, a time travel episode that anyone doesn't like oh good question yeah, yes question. yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> There, there's a there's a couple, but I'm and I, honestly, I haven't watched it in a long time, and I really should go back and rewatch it and give it a chance. But I did not like it when I saw it when it first aired, and that is uh, Enterprise season four, the opening two parter, uh, mm. Stormfront, where they go back to like Nazi. It's like oh. it's like space Nazis have taken over Earth yeah. or some yeah. nonsense. God, I hated that. Let's wrap up the old storylines real quick. <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh, it was a little little much mm. just say yeah also i agree with that alan because also you have this and and uh, i know charles you're not the biggest fan of enterprise but alan and i love enterprise you had and i even like the zindi arc you know, there, i had some issues with it, but i like the zindi arc and i agree with you alan because you had this really emotional um you had a lot of emotional stuff going on and then when they threw that in it just felt like overkill it felt like it's just like it's, 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 it was like, can't you end the story now? Right. And I went to another story. And after the emotional Zendi, um, the Zendi story arc, I didn't care. And it yeah, just exactly. Sense, and it was just goofy. And I thought, what in the world was this about? Right. That exactly. Exactly. They, they, as you say, they didn't actually give a wrap up to that storyline that they spent the entirety of the third season telling. Mm -hmm. And when it got to that point, they pulled the rug out from under the audience and the characters and suddenly threw this bizarre curveball in order to like, and you're like, you all you need, especially from that last like four episode run where the tension is mounting and mounting and you, yes. you get to that point where you just like, holy cow, I need a release. I need yes. a break from this because I mean, it was good. It was right. amazing, but you're just so like wrapped up in it that you just need that that like release from it and you don't get it because at that moment they suddenly throw a space nazi at you and you're like what <laughs> my i might be wrong about this my recollection is that it was like john siobhan was running season three and then manny Cotto came in for season four that seems almost like a end of season like here good luck like on your way out the door <laughs> all right and uh space nazi all right i'm out bye 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Like, what do I do with this? Yeah, and I think, and what also, um, what what Alan was saying is when um, when Archer finally destroys the sphere that's going to destroy Earth, you know, the giant weapon that's going to destroy Earth, you get the classic action scene where he's running in slow motion and it's blowing up around them. You know, oh, is Archer going to live? And then the ship thought he died, but then they up in Nazi Germany, they Nazi Earth. It's so like, oh my gosh, what a letdown that was. So I agree, that was a good one. Uh, a good bad one. <laughs> good bad one. Yeah. <laughs> I remembered another one that I liked. Okay. Oh, right. I don't remember the name of it, and I really should, but the triple DS9 one. Yeah, the Trials and Tribulations. Yes, there we go. Yeah. I wanted to say more trials, more triples, but I was like, that's not right. Nope. That's almost an animated series. I know, but I was almost. like, that's almost the animated series, so that's not right. <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. I could talk about that one all night, so I'm not going to. But that's uh, yeah. Trials and Tribulations is a fun episode. Yes. Yep. I just watched one that I I know a lot of people like, and I don't particularly care for. It's the one Mark Twain. Um, oh my time. gosh, I love that one. I see. I know most people like it. I really don't so what like. Did you, that what did you like about it? It's it's got promise, but you know sometimes I get a little I get detailed and I get into the details. I'm still trying to figure out why these aliens had to go to Earth in the past and only Earth in that past. They couldn't find another primitive planet in their time to steal souls from. But what does take <laughs> me out of it, even though I know it shouldn't, is that dude playing Mark Twain. I don't hate him, but he just I laugh at him so much. I just I love him. No, he's great. <laughs> I, I will say I laughed because I just watched it yesterday because it was on while I was working. And he's a random guy and he's got the cigar. And what kind of world is this? They won't even let a man open the door for a woman. And I'm just going, what? Who did this? Wow. I didn't know Mark Twain was making an appearance on this show. <laughs> that was pretty good. And then it's got it does have some uh, it has some unintentionally humorous moments because remember when they're in the cave and the whole thing when Data's head gets blown off and then they <laughs> open the time and they open the time warp back to go back to the ship and at this point uh, Mark Twain thinks that they're invaders he thinks the Enterprise crew is invaders and there's this funny scene where he runs and he jumps through it like an athlete like in an episode of Sliders and I'm feeling this probably the minutes when first time she watched she goes did you see Mark Twain just run and jump through that thing I mean he. He's really spry for an older guy. <laughs> hey, anybody's spry when they have to be. <laughs> yeah. when, when you're like, yeah, when your butt's on the line, you're going to be spry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I will say I didn't dis, I didn't actively dislike it, but I, it's not one of my favorites. I wouldn't, it's not one I'd recommend for a time travel show. I also thought something really weird. I don't know how well y'all remember the episode, but I saw, I was watching it and something really struck me is when, when they found out, when they go to the cave, when the episode opens, there's this dude, some like archaeologist dude, and he's telling Picard, oh, we found this and we found this. And he just goes, we found a watch and we found a gun. And he says all this stuff and Picard goes, why don't you call us here? Because there's people on Earth. And then with Data standing there, the guy goes, oh, yeah, we found this. And he pulls back the cover <laughs> and shows Data's head blown off. And I'm thinking, now, if Data had been a human, would he have been that incredibly callous? And talk about burying the lead. He shows Picard like five artifacts. <laughs> and Data's standing right there. He goes, oh, yeah, we found Data's head, basically. Like, dude, how insensitive was you that? You know, he planned that all day. Like, I'm, I'm going to show him this right. class. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all about the dramatic buildup, right. man. <laughs> yeah. You see the look on their faces. I mean, this watch isn't going to amount to anything if I show them Data's head first. <laughs> yeah, it's just a dumb old watch. Yeah. But it did. I will say it made me laugh. So I, I, I used to actively dislike it, but it made me laugh. Well, um, I'm so glad it did. And I, look, I know I'm talking a lot. Can I throw in one that I actually like a lot? Yes. Voyager, timeless. 
Yes, Voyage yeah, I of do Timeless too. is great. I love that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Love awesome. it. That's for those who don't know, that's the episode where the ship is trying to use that quantum slipstream drive and Harry says he can make it work. He basically goes out in front of the ship on a shuttlecraft and plots a chart, a path through it. Long story short, the Voyager gets destroyed. Harry and Tuvok and Chakotay live. And decades later, Harry is guilty about the destruction of Voyager. So he finds a way to go back in time and cause it not to happen. Yeah. Great episode. Yet another good time travel. And for those who think Garrett Wong never got his full due, an episode yeah. that gave Garrett mm-hmm. Wong something to do. So they, great... he, he got a lot of good episodes. Yeah. yeah, I think he. I think they get forgotten. Yeah. Um. But he's a great little actor, and he he, he really did. Maybe once per season, but he he did get some significant episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was definitely one of his better ones. One of the best. One, one of the best crash scenes in track history, too. Yes. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break to promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we get back, we'll be talking about the latest episode of Star Trek Picard. So stay right there. Hi, I'm Joe Heath. And I'm Tony Heath. And we're the hosts of the Watchathon of Rassilon, a podcast where we're watching through all of Doctor Who. And we're just about finished with the classic series. Depending on when you hear this, we may already be done. So why not go check for yourself? And while you're there, why not go ahead and listen to every single episode of the Watchathon of Rassilon? And watch as Joe loses his last little tenuous grip on sanity. The Watchathon of Rassilon, a proud member of the ESO Network. Okay, that was quick. Nice and simple. It does its job. Yeah, yeah. That's spoilers for Star Trek Picard two for one. And I'm wondering, Phyllis, uh, if you've been keeping up with Picard and and what you've been thinking of the show as it's been going on. Oh, good you ask, because she made some choice comments today. Go ahead. (laughs) Overall, I mean, I like the show because it's part of the you know. Uh, Star Trek Enterprise, I mean, uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. One thing that I do know is that it, to me, it just feels very dark mm-hmm. compared to the other series. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I just felt like it was, it, the, the characters are darker. Um, it deals with two, and I know a lot of people love, like two of my least favorite topics. This is funny. I didn't uh, know this. Are the Borg and Q. And, they, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and so wow. Looking at me, I'm like, I hate the Borg. I hate the whole storyline because anything where you have one person and then how they ended it, where you basically just turned the Borg off and that was it. I'm like, you had this great buildup and their solution was so stupid. I didn't, I never liked that. And then Q, they they got they found a way to make Q even. I mean, Q was annoying to begin with, but now he's devious. And I was like, what is the deal with these two? So yeah. I was watching, I was like, Keith, they found some way to bring the two things I hate the least about, the most about Star Trek, and they put them together. So I didn't know. <laughs> I did not know that she My like two cents for anybody who loves both, I, I, nothing personal, but no, I didn't. Yeah. Q got on my nerves, I, even original Q, and this Q is, is devious and mean, and I especially don't like him. We can't tell what's wrong with him. That's the thing. What's yeah. wrong with him? I, don't, he, I haven't really seen that much evidence of there being something wrong with him other, other than, than in the first episode, they said there's something weird. wrong with him. Yeah. He just seems yeah. like a darker, meaner cute. Yeah. But you he know. doesn't seem unstable or anything. Right. Well, his powers are, 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 are gone, well, right? Or, 
or, or going or something. I mean, yeah, he, he tried, he tried to that. do the snap and nothing happened. And then he had that scene where he sort of blew up at Picard in a way that Q usually wouldn't have. So. Yeah, he slapped Picard. Q has never yeah. been almost brutal like that. It's almost like he's suffering from dementia. D- uh huh. Like mm-hmm. a form of dementia. Or something That's a scary like. thought. That yeah. is it. That's bizarre. That's like yeah. he's done evil. He doesn't know how to correct it. It's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's even worse. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not so just he, that he's bored and wants entertainment. He's like actively causing mischief yeah. for no reason mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. So that not was but entertainment. I, and what did you think about the Borg queens? You don't like the Borg either. And I, I don't like the Borg. And then her, <laughs> them, them having her with the half body, I was like, please, enough already. Give her a whole body and make her a per- the real thing if you're going to deal with her. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that whole part was, oh, I'm sorry, I talk with my hands, so I'm hitting the table, and he's like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, this is how, this is me usually, anyway. Well, if I can feel a little something inside, Phyllis is easily scared. Um, like, I can't even watch Night of the Living Dead, the original in the house, when she's around. Yeah. So I'm the same way. Not, not only does it irritate her, but that half-bored body is creeping the heck out of her. <laughs> and then the whole thing, and then one point, she was like, why is that woman sleep with a Borg in the next room? Yeah, yeah, it, was me, yeah. <laughs> it was making me anxious because I was like, Which I would, good. I would never go. It was like a, and I think that's part of it. It's dark and moody, and then I felt like I was in the middle of a horror show, and I was like, what type of, you know? So it was just a different take on Star Trek for me. But I was really getting so nervous. Like she's asleep, the Borg's up here manipulating this guy, and if the whole thing just, and then he showed, okay, what spaceship is going to allow some regular person walking down the street well, access to just she get did. in? She wanted him. That's why she open the door for yeah him. she yeah okay so I'm, I'm sure that i'm sure that scene where he's like walking around in the dark with the flashlight and then it like shines it right on her like evil face yes. i bet that got you oh, oh. it freaked me out okay. <laughs> if i had popcorn in my hand it would have gone everywhere okay. so oh i loved it i loved it like a roller coaster for me i was like oh my gosh and then when it killed the other guy who we like a lot yeah um Elnor. Elnor. That mm. that that I didn't I didn't like that, but although what's when they keep seeing him everywhere? Yeah. They keep putting his name in the opening credits. So when you see it, when you say uh, Evan Evagoria, and you're like, oh well, she's gonna see him again this week in a crowd scene or something. So they keep bringing that dude back just to like play like one second of a crowd yeah. scene and and the other thing is that I'm I'm very sensitive too. I guess in the old shows, remember uh, what's her name, the mate of seven to nine that char- that that character, she was traumatized by the Borg, and I feel like are they really dealing with just how traumatized she was? Like that was a recurring theme, and now mm-hmm. they reintroduce the Borg, and it's like okay, just don't get too close to her. I'm thinking, well, that's interesting. Yeah, she's 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 dealing with a lot because the fact she doesn't have her implants. Um, what's her name mentioned that she seems to be a different person without the implants, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like yeah. start like her loads, but loads been lifted from her in a in a way. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is gonna set up a real sad thing with they restore the timeline, and she's got to get a Borg implants back. Yeah, that's gonna be rough. I thought about that. Mm, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Is that why she kept touching her head? Because uh-huh. she like yeah. she was just so used to that physical representation yeah. of the Borg yeah. being there. Okay. She's happy. She's she was actually the life of the party at the party, which you've never seen. I mean, in Voyager, the jokes with Seven was always given some kind of dry response at a party. <laughs> And yeah, I'm gonna. I think that's gonna be rough if that comes back. Mm. Yeah, I remember the the episode where they put it in charge of fun or have having fun. She kids to have fun, and she penciled into her into the in her calendar have fun. Yes. That's how she was trying to teach the kids to have fun. Yes. So yeah, she was just, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, seven to nine. But yeah, the one thing I do enjoy about this show is that some more social aspect of it, like the nice parties and some of the music is really popping, like some of the jazz numbers. I, I like that a lot. Well, speaking of that. Yeah, Girardi got in on it this week. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Who knew that she was a Pat Benatar fan? Yes. <laughs> and luckily the band is too. I know. And, <laughs> and luckily the guy working the spotlight knew exactly where to shine it. Even though none of that was planned, that was that was a little much. I'm trying that one day. I'm just walking into a room and I'm just gonna start belting it out and see if everybody falls in. I will never do it. Yeah. And if all the power was turned out, how was there one spotlight working? Exactly. (laughs) Maybe the board queen was responsible. Who knows? Well, I know that's true. That's true. I mean, they probably have those fancy like mechanical lights that automatically move. And you can power. So she was like, I'm going to power this one to automatically shine on (laughs) me. Yeah, that came out of left field. It totally did. 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 When it was going on, I said to Phyllis, I said, This is the only distraction you can think (laughs) of to start singing. I mean, (laughs) wow. Okay. I was thinking like, it draws everyone's attention away from whatever else you might want to be doing. I was thinking explosion, fight, something like that. But (laughs) But see, They did what you weren't expecting, and that's why it was effective. That's true. And it was interesting to see a different side of her, right? Like the lady, what what is that character's name? Gerardi. Gerardi, Gerardi, yes. I did like her being like, she was, uh, you know, she looked really nice. She was like the center of attention. Unfortunately, the Borg lady was right there with her. That was freaking me out. I'm like, get rid of her. But yeah, so it's interesting watching that schizophrenia personality thing go on between the both of them. Yeah. I am not personally loving the more humorous sarcastic board um i don't mm. i yeah I, i'm kind of used to the, the the cool and chillingly scary board she's cracking wise way too much for me but that's me personally she's she's making way too many jokes and so i'm having some i having some trouble dealing with her as a as a board i like her i like her and, and alice Krieg's board i mean she was kind of quippy as well when yeah. she was, uh, is that good for, was that good for you kind of stuff to data yeah. when she, yeah. after she blew onto his skin. So no, I, I'm all right with it. The thing that keeps bugging me is that we still haven't seen her legs. So I just imagine she's just bobbing <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah. You know, she reminds you of the big bang theory. When what's his name? The, um, the main character had the little Sheldon, the, Sheldon created those little, you know, he had his, his head on this thing and nobody in the little body. That's how she, <laughs> that's what she reminds me. She has this body at the top. But right. to your point, there's nothing at the bottom. It's just that that's just I'm like, give her a, a lower body. That's kind of freaking me out. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking the board queen and Girardi. I think they're working. Uh, I, I, I like that. That's a good character for her to be manipulating and taking advantage of uh, because Girardi has those neuroses and just seems like a natural fit for those two. Um, I don't know about their plan about Girardi getting captured on purpose so that she would be in the security room. Yeah. What was she going to do then? Yeah, oh, well, I guess she has a hypo spray. <laughs> well, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, they're lucky they didn't man. search her or take anything off of her. And they, they exactly. took her to the room where she could hack into the like they took her to the yeah. sensitive computer room to hold her as a well, captive. Or it would have been I, funny if she kept trying to get caught and nobody took any notice of her. Yeah. <laughs> or if she just got arrested and they just took her out. <laughs> I mean, I just I just criticized the board queen quack and wise, but I did laugh and she kind of said basically maybe you should wait till he got closer to you before you knocked him out. <laughs> She was trying to scoot the chair right. over, which I thought was fun. And also, how does she break the handcuffs? Is the, the board queen like over, overload her adrenal gland or something? That's that's my yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah it has, just, has to be. Gave her some Borg strength. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Then when, when the episode started, I, I paused it. I was like, did I miss something last week? I don't yeah. remember this going on. Me too. And it was, was one of those like, around? yeah, 20 minutes ago. And 
and so forth. This was a short episode, though. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, it was uh, the total runtime was like 38 minutes. Yeah. And so after you're like set up and then you get into your your first scene and it's Picard laying like dead on the street, blood coming out of his mouth. And then it says 38 minutes earlier. And so right. I paused it and the, the runtime from that point was like 30 nine 30 like 40 right. minutes so without the closing credits you had a, almost exactly a 38 minute yeah. span which i thought was really cool yeah i thought the episode was fun i mean it wasn't anything super heavy this week i mean aside from you know Sung running over picard with his car but... <laughs> <laughs> so how did he know that they were going to be walking outside i, I mean come on i don't know yeah it was that was just big. goofy Yes. Was it just opportunity? Was he thinking about it? And then he just circled on the block. He's got to come out of it. <laughs> I guess so. I was going to say they suspended reality, but then I realized we were talking about Star Trek. So that probably. <laughs> but... Yeah, I thought that was a little weird too. Um, and also, but I guess it is what it is because she had to get to quarantine. But I thought it was really weird that she was the witness of she was a witness at the scene of a crime, and like thirty minutes later, like, well, she's in quarantine now. I thought that was just kind of weird. But I guess they'd have to usher her off. Yeah, um, but, have, but have we seen her in quarantine? Have we seen her be moved to quarantine? Uh, they, Last thing we saw was her looking over the over. Exactly. That's what I thought. But they they said that they. That's what I thought. But they they said she got they they uh, they they took her off to quarantine, and we didn't see it. And I thought that was a little weird because you're right. There's a whole bunch of people standing around the scene of a crime. But I maybe because she's an important astronaut, they said, okay, go oh, come on, come on, come on, you got to go. I would think they'd have to question her. Mm. Um, and see what I, and I just had a really weird thought because I've followed astronauts for a long time, but I didn't. Can ash are astronauts allowed to go out and get drunk like three days before a deep space mission? I don't know where the cutoff is. I know that they're secluded for see, a while before a mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't see why not. It yeah. would have been fully worked out of your system by the time you launch. Yeah, I think they quarantine astronauts a lot longer than three days because they said the, the launch is in three days. And I, and, I, and I thought it was really weird because she failed the simulation test and then she's freaking out. Of course, I don't know if the psychiatrist that's Q is always her psychiatrist. But honestly, I got to tell you, an astronaut who fails a simulation test and is getting drunk and is having all those doubts three days before mission. I know. I, I'd scrub them too, to be honest. Yes, no, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't wait for them to say, "Oh, I don't know if I'm the right person. I'm going to bow out." You'd be like, "I'm sorry, I am pulling you from this mission." Right. If, if you have that much doubt, then I cannot rely on you to perform at the time. So we're going right. to put somebody else in, and we'll scrub the launch because now we have to train somebody else. Right. Absolutely. So thanks for wasting our time. And I'm, I'm still, yeah, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that only two years from now, they're doing a human mission to Europa, where best case, it would take us six months to get to Mars. And our fastest probes, because of a fuel consumption, take years to get to Jupiter. I'm not, I'm not understanding the technology here. Isn't it still supposed to be our timeline? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm not getting that at all, because a, a journey for us, especially for a human ship to Europa in two years, it ain't possible. So I'm, I'm I'm struggling with that a lot. Um, They're optimistic, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we don't even have. I mean, we're still talking about getting back to the moon in the next yeah. couple of three years, and there's no way we're getting to, to Jupiter in the honestly probably not in the next fifty years. So I'm I'm yeah. still kind of bugging on that timeline, and it's just it's weird to me. Um, I don't get that. I was going to say the other thing I thought was interesting is that ultimately he was trying to kill her. So to your point about letting right. her travel. I would more so than anything else, I'd be more concerned that she's traumatized because somebody tried to kill her 
versus the drinking part that, you know, maybe that's a good reason not to let her go up there and actually die because she's got that on her, you know, I guess they can't get to her on her flight, but it was just weird. I'm like, somebody really, I mean, they actually tried to kill this lady and now they're going to let her go up on the. And she's the pilot too. Well, but I don't think that she knows that she was a target. It, yeah. for, from her perspective, it could have just been like a drunk driver or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Okay. My thing is more the, the guilt of uh, having someone sacrifice their life for you. Yeah, yeah. You so her out of the way okay. and took the hit. And okay. I think that in itself would, would be a... Especially you know, someone that you with. like just, yeah, met, just met, but really <laughs> deeply connected <laughs> with really yes, fast. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That'd be super creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, I want to jump over to uh, the other part of the story. And that is Brent Spiner, who I thought was phenomenal in this episode. Yeah, he's great. And Issa Briones, who I got to say this, this whole situation with Corey is so interesting and it's so neat the way that that you didn't see that coming at all, but they, they really paralleled this with first season Mm -hmm. where uh, uh, I've got it. I'm blanking on her character from first season or Dodge. Soji um, had that whole, like, you know, uh, after three years ago, I don't remember. I remember things, but they're not real. And Mm -hmm. this one, she sees all these photos and she went through that same sort of scene that mm-hmm. uh, that Soji did last year where she's seeing photographs and she's seeing all these things. Right. And she's like, I don't know, understand any of this. And she's like seeing that stuff again and has no recollection of any of it. So mm-hmm. who am I? Where did I come from? And I think that's so cool yeah. that they have sort of pulled that same trick twice with the same character mm-hmm. in a totally different way. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you, um, when I, saw that because I because at one point I didn't know what she was at that point in time. We talked about that last week as well because yeah Soji, you're right, Soji and her twin sister, which were whatever they were, androids, whatever you call them, um, were in Picard's time. And now the prototype is centuries in the past in our time. But I'll tell you, I did write down and of course, you know, being a science fiction fan, I've seen this. When I started seeing all those names and all those those tests, I literally wrote, he's insane. Um, how many children has Sung created that died? That was creepy. Mm-hmm. And again, well, <laughs> yeah. it's not, there's nothing new. We've all seen something like yep. that in science fiction, like in the episode, um, Requiem for Methuselah. That's what I was going to say. It made me think of Flint and Raina. <laughs> yeah. Yep, but yep. it still creeped the heck out of me. And he was like, oh, that one died in 11 months. Yeah. That one had liver failure. I'm like, dude, stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, knock exactly. it off, dude. Exactly. How many kids can you watch die? Right. He yeah. kept calling her his life's work. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, my Ooh. life's work. I was like, that was creepy. You're right. Mm-hmm. I thought Brent Spiner gave an amazing performance, especially yeah. for somebody who spent most of his time not having emotions as data. He was great. Right. Mm-hmm. Just a little touch that I loved when they're showing the little flashes of her looking at information about him. Eugenics came up. Yes, it did. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. Tie it in with the eugenics force. There you go, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I love when they said in quote, mad scientist. I'm like, this, this <laughs> header to an article <laughs> right yeah I, I gotta think that guy to ask that question is there any reason she hadn't googled her father before now yes yeah that was thank you yeah I, I, I don't know that i've googled my father so maybe i should just check <laughs> she googles it's like i mean it's one thing not to know that she's a whatever you know created and is not to know of course then of course i'm gonna have if you're gonna get real nitpick i'm like dude you didn't even lock your computer but even if she didn't know all that stuff, you would think that she would just have the Google her father, especially considering she's in the house all the time because she can't go outside. And you're like, just Googling my father. Oh, I wonder what dad did. And, and you say, oh, 
Nobel Prize, mad scientist, this and that. But no, um, that's the thing. You don't even have to have Googled him specifically. She's yeah. a young girl. She's going to be playing on the internet. A yeah. news article is going to come up at some point in her Facebook feed or something. Yes. And, and it just, or TikTok. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sure Adam Soong has made a lot of TikToks. <laughs> That's a real depressing TikTok. I'm sure he follows all the TikTok trends. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I'm seeing Soong put TikToks of all the baby's deaths. Uh, oh. Oh. oh my gosh. Way to bring it down, Keith. I was just thinking of- <laughs> I was just thinking of him doing dance crazes, but now you've like got <laughs> dead oh babies God. in the mix. Give me not the one that's all the big, the big one. Yeah, you know, it's, ironically, it's so funny, guys. I was reading, I, I mentioned this last week and I couldn't remember it. Yesterday, I just read, now this is what I was thinking about. There was a Chinese doctor who used CRISPR to genetically engineer some children to make mm-hmm. them resistant to AIDS. Right. That guy was just released from jail yesterday. And oh, wow is being condemned by the entire medical world around the world. And, you know, the Chinese government, being the Chinese government, they may throw his butt back in jail. But that guy did say he genetically engineered some embryos. And that, people are freaking over that because they're like, he did it because he can, you know, you can, CRISPR is relatively easy to use given, you know, when you're on that level, scientists and stuff. That's going to become something I think that's not going to go away. And so then seeing this, what Sung did is really kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping that they'll take the next step and confirm my theory that all the Sungs are clones of him. Yeah. And, that, and they're just continuing the line. And yep. that would explain why they're all identical. Yep. Yeah. They have to be. That's what yeah. they're all yeah. It's yeah. like Stav- Stavros. It's just Stavros. the same guy. He's like, you know, sort of his version of yeah, doing it's, what. Because it's easier to clone did. yourself than create a new one. Sure. Maybe. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> the natural way. I'm hoping it all ties in, and it's like a, just a lo- the long Sung story is going to make sense at the end of this season of of what has been going on all this time. I would love that. Just tying in <laughs> yes. that 30 yeah. plus years of Star Trek history into one long story would be cool. Yeah, that would be. Um, before we forget, if we could, Alan, um, we're talking about episode six tonight. But last week, as we we talked, it just kind of flowed into. We just uh, we just talked about Picard. We didn't talk about episode four and five. We just kind of flowed. So what were kind of your, what are your feelings if you include last week and the week before and six, what's like your feelings overall for the arc as it's developing now? Um, I, I really loved last week. I thought it was fantastic. There was so much good stuff in it. Um, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still totally on board. I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying the ride. I'm excited to see where it all is going to lead. Um, I, I, I will say, and I hate to, to, to kind of be that, that dude that's going to say this kind of thing, but I, you know, I miss my starships mm-hmm. and I know mm-hmm. that's a Chuck thing. I know he misses his starships, but I do too. I mean, <laughs> watch a Star Trek. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I absolutely love time travel episodes and I yeah. love time manipulation and I love all that stuff. Um, but you know, not necessarily at the extent at the expense of, you know, at this point, four episodes of being in the past. Not that I'm not enjoying them being in the past because I'm absolutely enjoying it. But, you know, I kind of want to get back to a starship. Yeah. Well, we're on episode I, six of 10 and we're right. still right in the middle, like in the midst of this past story. So it doesn't seem like we're getting back real quick. No, no. Yeah. And and that's and I'm fine with that because I know yeah. that this is the story that they're telling. Right. So I'm, I'm enjoying it the way it is. But, you know, um. And it's not, that's not a complaint at mm-hmm. all uh, because I really am enjoying it. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I need some pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> I need some vroom vroom. <laughs> no, I think 
I think that's a very valid point is that it is Star Trek. So at some point you do want to see some, you know, them actually in spaceships and maybe, you know, doing some cool things with that. But I guess this is great in terms of character development and backgrounds, understanding what's driving, you know, the why behind everything, I guess. But yeah, but those those first two episodes um, on the Stargazer and with the Borg and all that stuff, man, I love Mm -hmm. them. Log, that was so good. And I'm still just loving the characters this year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So much more than last year. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm loving Rafi a, a lot in a way that I didn't last year. And, um, that's a and, good point. Yeah. And Rios too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, it was, we've said this before, but it's, it's, it's laboring to have to watch an entire season of nothing but damaged people. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. year it feels like they've gotten beyond their damage and their, their, their whole, with each other and with themselves. And I, and I'm just loving it so much. Mm-hmm. So there you yeah, go. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. Cause I, I know I mentioned before when Phyllis was on the last time, I don't know if Phyllis was on when I said this. I know that Phyllis and I both independently said it's a thing um, that we didn't like Rafi's portrayal because she is a black woman. And we didn't like the fact that she was slinging alcohol and smoking mm-hmm. whatever she was smoking. We just didn't like her. We didn't, I didn't, feel, I didn't like it, but I'm a guy. And I know sometimes, Veronica, I'll ask you, how do you feel about this with a woman? So I independently, <laughs> Phil's goes, I don't like the way they portray a black woman on the show. And I'm still trying to figure out why she's living in a trailer in the 23rd century. I just didn't <laughs> like that. It, it didn't yeah. make sense. But yeah, I agree with but you. But she was also so mean. Yeah. Was, I didn't yeah. like about it. She would say there was no grace with anything. And then well, they, that son that she's estranged from we, that she didn't know about. <laughs> well, and I felt like she had no, re- like sometimes when people are mean, they they have other redeeming qualities. She had no redeeming qualities initially that you could see. I'm like, she was an alcoholic. Just because Picard, you know, resigned or quit, she gave up her whole life. And I was like, wait a minute. You you know, you don't, I have bosses I love, but when they resign, I've got to keep going, right? So <laughs> right. I was like, she just gave up her whole life. And then she, you know, wasn't a good mother. She wasn't a good wife. I was like, well, what is she good at? Nothing. <laughs> right. And well, that's, and why, that's why I've enjoyed her so much this season, because yeah. you're seeing her being good at stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. is that's that's exciting to watch. And I hadn't thought about that till you said it, but I remember seeing her and enjoying seeing her. And that's probably then I'm sure that's why. I think it's the thing we're saying. We are even if even if we want them to get back to space, and I still don't know have no idea where this is going. You're right. All the characters are strong because Reels was just kind of a I didn't dislike him. He just I don't know, he was just kind of there. He, he was cracking wise all the time as well. I really I like his holograms him. more. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I wish he had his holograms again. Well, I think too, because one of them was EMH and they could use him. Because yes. <laughs> <Right. laughs> two out of the crew are down now, or one's right. dead and one's yeah. almost dead. They only work in space. Like, why isn't he using those? It's because they're not on know. spaceship right now. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's the ship, so yeah, they're not on his ship anymore. So, oh, oh no, they are on his ship. That's right. But I imagine he transferred them all to Stargazer, the, right? The, no, I, I, they're on the alternate reality ship now. So. Uh, change timeline so i don't know if that one ever had holograms or not they haven't mentioned that they, they yeah, did mention that seven had turned off the hologram yeah. and combined them into one but they haven't yeah. mentioned the holograms but i mean that'd be super helpful to have an emh on this adventure exactly i agree because i thought it, it was... could have helped elnor there but of yep. course that would have taken up power so maybe that's yeah, why yeah, that, yeah. that power probably could have prevented that board from grabbing the <laughs> the one lady <laughs> yeah, yeah nothing yeah. else just have one of the holograms keep an eye on that board queen Make sure she's yeah, hacking yeah. the cell phones. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think your point about the EMH is is as well is a good one because I I I did write down 
a 24th century biobed is not as good as a 21st century doctor at a clinic. Because remember they said, they right. said, don't they get the car to the biobed? He goes, no, he, that's not as good as a doctor. I'm like, well, I think it kind of <laughs> should be because then he's kind of up and running pretty soon after that. So, um, but I do like that doctor though. I like that character. Yeah. And I'm yes. very interested to see yeah. where that's going to go. So I think yeah. Shane Reels have really good chemistry. And that's another one where you go, God, what's going to happen there? Because mm-hmm. you know, he's going to have to leave her. So I am, yeah, all the, I don't know where the story's going, but um, I love every single character. I love the performance. Alan, I agree with you. I thought Brent Spiner was way better than I expected. He was he was he was a great mix of you know a desperate father, but then you see there's something else wrong He's with him. Not like, a desperate he, father. Yeah, but then he told Q, and this it was weird because it kind of caught me off guard when he told Q that when they first met, he's like, you know, I'll kill you, right? I'm like, whoa, what did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were just a scientist who was borderline brain. <laughs> Where did that come from? He's a psycho. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did like the little beat in this one when they said, uh, he's he's had a few transplants. And they're like, what do you have transplanted? <laughs> everything. 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 <laughs> he's short, he's short out the, which I don't know if it makes sense or not, but it was cute. Right. It was yeah. cute. Yeah. We haven't really talked about Orla Brady yet. True. And and the, that weird situation that that she's in and now she's going to be like delving into his psyche that's going to be trippy i don't know why they didn't bring something up then or say look there's something you need to know because if she delves into his psyche he's not going to see her regardless of what she says he's going to see laris right yeah right yeah well at least she'll finally know why he keeps calling her laris I should have they they should have forewarned her. Yeah. I hope they do at the beginning of the next episode. Yeah. I'm surprised Rafi didn't immediately burst out. No, you need to know this first if you're gonna do it. Yeah. 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 Ain't nobody <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> Rafi didn't want him to do it in the first place. Exactly. Do y'all watch with the subtitles on? Not no. usually. <laughs> when Picard was talking to what's her name? Tillon? Talon? Talon? Talon. Helen, when he was talking to her, and she, and she made the quip about, um, he, he, he kept saying, she is looking at that mobile device often. And she said, we all do that. She mutters something. And you can't understand what she says. She's she, like a curse. Like, she's like, ah, oh, dog it. The, the closed caption said, in Romulan. Oh, interesting. <laughs> what? Yeah, and what? I rewound it, and I still don't know what she said. If you rewind it, it's, it's right when she makes that joke. That, the phone. Yeah, she goes, she, she, goes blah, blah. she says something, and it doesn't sound like English, and it doesn't sound like English under her breath. I couldn't, it, it was an, it was unintelligible, but the closed mm-hmm. caption said in Romulan. Right? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, which was weird, which is also why sometimes, I know y'all, y'all know this thing about some people say they don't like to watch things with closed caption, because yes. sometimes it's like a character who you don't know they are, and a closed caption will tell you who the character is. <laughs> right. Like, all the say killer. Oh! <laughs> I can't do closed captioning because I get distracted by reading the words and I don't see what's going on. Right. Ah, okay. But Charles, you mentioned it last week, and they pretty much now said it's the Gary Seven stuff. But I went back and looked at the uh, the effect as they phased in or whatever. And you're right; it is kind of like that cloud effect that Gary Seven had. Yeah. And, and, that, and that that to me is a cool tie-in. Yes. Where it's it's it's. You don't even have to know the Gary Seven storyline, but it's cool right. for the for you if you do. Right. Um, so that's, that's 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 the kind of callback that I like. And then there's some of the other callbacks this year that I haven't liked so much. I'm not going to get on that tirade again. <laughs> but did anybody have any closing thoughts about this episode before we wrap it up? I like the singing. Okay. <laughs>
I uh, thought Brent Spiner gave an amazing performance. That mm-hmm. stayed with me more than anything in the episode. That was genuinely creepy. Oh, yeah. I, I liked like the, it. I like the red dress. Her walking there with the red dress on like she's going to destroy the world. We'll see. Rocking that dress, too. You mean the last scene when she's walking down yeah, the street? Yeah, she's like, like, was like, does anybody know that Borg lady whatever <laughs> walking down the street looking crazy? <laughs> All right, Al, where can people find more of you on the internet? Well, I have another podcast on the Earth Station One network, and that is Modern Musicology. And our upcoming episode is going to be a review of the of this year's Grammys. And uh, we've got 15 other episodes to go back and listen to. So people should do that. John Baptiste. John, about- oh, my God. OK, I got a whole thing about that. Just you just wait till that episode. <laughs> really? OK, I'll the whole baby. Uh, never mind. I'll save, it. I'll save it for my podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, how about you, Keith and Phyllis? Uh, you can find me on, am I on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, primarily the ESL network groups and you. Um, you can find me on, gosh, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Okay. And how about us, Veronica? FeltNerdy.com. And? And we have a new podcast called Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Mm-hmm. Yay! And have- I'm the host. Woo! <laughs> we have two episodes out so far. Uh, and then the next one, we're going to be talking about our uh, experiences on the Beach Boy Cruise and um, going to Nashville to see uh, for Coco Dolan's birthday and seeing Mickey Dolan's up there. So a lot to talk about. Yeah. And posting yeah. pictures of diner food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Veronica, do you have a closing for us this week? It's all relativity. Okay. That'll work. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least you had one ready. Yeah, it was coherent. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.